Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about tension in RPGs. Tension in RPGs. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people think that tension comes in horror movies or horror genre RPGs. Or thrillers. Thrillers. But I, I think I think if you think about it, tension would be good in almost any RPG, no matter any genre, whether it's a action oriented game, you know, even a hack and slash game, you know, you, you want to add an element of tension and it gives you more of an RPG element to your game where people people are thinking not in the sense of combat but in a sense of thinking of what to do, of making the hard decisions, I guess. And I think tension, that's how you create tension. That... So when I was looking this up, um, the idea, there was a, this one GM that put out the question. I think it was on Reddit. He says, in my games, we usually run into one problem per session. And there's, you know, tension right up until the, the fighting starts. Okay. And then all the players just kind of relax and get into their simulation mode, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So it, it takes away the the thrill of the game right for him for the gm so he's asking how do you keep the tension going even through a fight scene or how do you keep the tension up so that your players seem more engaged in the in the game than in just the the simulation of the fight that's weird because i would think there'd be a lot of tension in a fight whether you make it or not usually when when saul says roll initiative the tension at the table just goes I'll, notches I'll, yeah, up yeah right? because the excitement because the they don't know which way the battle is going to go at least that's one way of at least in a battles heavy simulation type game that's when the t- tension rises to the most to the crescendo right is because if you put it i mean i guess if it's just oh we're oh, just another group of goblins and we'll just wait you know you're 10th level so you're just killing them left and right and it's like what swatting flies yeah i guess there's no tension in that yeah. But if if they run across something they don't understand or they're not quite sure what it is or whether they should fight it or not, I think that's where the tension rolls in in a combat-heavy game. Yes, I agree. I thought it was an interesting dilemma for him because yeah. I never... It's the exact opposite for us. Yeah. Or for most people, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, unless there's, like I said, they're so powerful Maybe they don't just... worry about yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, another red dragon? Yeah. yeah, no problem. I'll bring out my Red Dragon Slayer right now. I was thinking that's exactly what I was thinking is that you can, that tension is just not for horror movies or mystery genre games. That you could put them in action, you know, in action adventures, adventures and, and, and any genre that you play, whether it's Lord of the Rings, whether it's, uh, you know, a gumshoe system, uh, investigative system. Even horror. I mean, we were talking about how do you how do you add tension to your game, or or how do you achieve tension? One idea is to uh, to put the players on a time limit, or the characters even, or the adventures are kind of like on a time limit. You got twenty four hours to save this person's life, or the poison kills them. You know, like in a modern game. Or some people put out an actual egg timer. Right, you have three <laughs> minutes to figure out what you're gonna do. I would absolutely hate that. But well, yes. that would totally raise the tension, right? <laughs> or a ticking, a tick, one of the, the timers, timers that ticks. Yeah, tick, 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 tick. That would totally drive me nuts. Just the noise drives you nuts, but yes. Like my, my mother-in-law who lives with us, she uses a timer for her when she does her laundry. So she doesn't forget. So she doesn't forget. And she puts the timer like on this little wooden uh, a TV tray. So it really, it really ticks really loud. <laughs> 
And so when she when she sets it, I cannot be in the room and like it be quiet because it just drives me nuts. And like sometimes I'll sit down and I'll be reading a book or or working on my game, you know, because because uh, I was here in the living room, and that's when she puts the timer. And then uh, I it, sometimes it drowns out, but sometimes it just like the little ticking noise just goes straight into my brain. I'm like, you can't, I can't concentrate, right? Because it's just like, okay, I've just done. I'm just out here 10 minutes and all I can think of is that damn timer. So I think do putting an t- actual timer on the, on the table. Yeah. That would definitely, uh, raise the tension of the, the blood pressure of the player. I know you've always, <laughs> you, you, you've told the story before about the paranoia game at a convention where the guy brought out a pizza box that was ticking. Yes. yes. And you know, that kind of, you know, is that it was bomb? Is it a, what's going on? And it, yeah. It was funny because it's paranoia. If you don't know paranoia, we did this uh, episode of it about it, so we won't go into it. But it's a very paranoid world, so and it's a one where the players' characters don't have a lot of knowledge. They're like really, you know, uh, it's a really what do you call it, draconian society, and so information is very limited. So when somebody goes, "Oh, is that a bomb?" And he goes, well, "How would you know what a bomb is? You must be a traitor." And so they similarly executed that <laughs> guy. Don't worry, his clone came in and replaced him, so he was. That's part of that would, game, it yes. Would, it would play. But it was hilarious because he literally had a pizza box. It was wrapped up with twine. And it was a big old bulging thing in the middle. And, the, you and it was ticking. ticking. You could hear it ticking. Is that ticking? funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that would raise the, yes. the tension level, right? As, but you don't even have to do that much. Some of the some of the, the things that people, ideas that other GMs gave this poor guy who couldn't figure it out was um, <laughs> give, your, give your players a, a motivation such as, you know, like Saul said, the person's going to die in 24 hours. Or you could make it as simple as if you don't figure this. You could hand him a note that says, if you don't figure out how to do this, such and such player is going to get killed in 15 minutes or something. You know, Right. And and it, it could be false, right? Right. It, it could not be the truth. Or like players are going to say, well, how is he going to be killed? Does it say how he's going to kill him? No. That's even worse. Yes. Or you when could you get less information. Or you could throw out a, a note or someone tells one of the players, an NPC tells one of the players that someone in their midst is a traitor. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So, so, so motivations, right? Or, or right. weird things that come out in the game can ratchet up the tension. Yeah, definitely. I, I think another classic one is having the characters slash players make decisions, like big decisions, moral dilemmas, right? Uh, the one I've always talked about has, but this was, not done by me, it was done by to themselves as the players, was in my Space Opera game years ago, these these two female players uh, wanted this uh, guy who was doing these terrible experiments on uh, a, you know, intelligent people or creatures or sentient beings. He was, you know, he was a real bad guy. And they just wanted him to admit that he was doing something wrong. And, of course, he wouldn't. And so they were like, man, this guy can't live, right? We can't take him to justice. We can't take him to, because he'd get away. That was that, and I was like, this guy's pretty well connected, you know. And he was working for the government, so eh, well, are they gonna make him a martyr, or is he gonna get away with it, or is he too valuable to get rid of, right? And so they were really, that was the question: Do we take this guy in, or do we handle justice the way we see fit? And your two players, you know, they're very. Both of those two are very moral compasses, yeah. and and I, I don't think it was a choice for them. No, but they, no, they 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 really fought. They really fought to make that decision. I mean, it was a, it was that internal 
struggle, right? What to do or what not to do. And they just wanted him to admit it. And he was just like, nah, you know, the best thing you could do is uh, drop me off at the near spaceport and uh, forget you ever met me. And like, they're like, no, no, we can't let you live if you could admit that you're not, you know, you didn't do anything wrong and all this stuff. And David was the, was the pilot. He's like, what's going on back there? Because, you know, he, he knew what was going on, the player, but the character didn't. And they're like, nothing. There's nothing going on back here, right? <laughs> and he goes, and then, he, and then they open up the airlock and they put him in the Why airlock. are you opening up the airlock? And, yeah, and, I, and he goes, did I notice that? I go, yeah, I guess as a pilot, you would have a, something on your instrument panel in the cockpit that tells you. That's an airlock open. He goes, what, what's in it? And he goes, do I have a camera? I go, sure. Yeah, he's in the airlock. And then he, he, like, he, was, <laughs> he was piloting the ship. So he's like, why is he in the airlock? And they're like, no, none of your business. It is my business. He's a very, you know, he's very valuable, right? <laughs> yeah, he was part of the mission. So it, so that was... So, so that was not only a moral dilemma, but also it w- to finish the mission and get paid, right? You had to take him back. Well, they didn't, well, see, the thing is, is that the, the people who were paying him for to do the mission didn't know, wouldn't know if he was alive or dead when they, when they, when they took him out, when ah. they took care of the, when they took care of the, the illegal cloning facility, they, they didn't have to say that we brought anybody out. In fact, I don't think they did, except he was the only one that lived. And so they could just, you know, what, say, well, no, we never, we never found any, we never found anybody. But literally, that's a, that was a moral dilemma for the characters, which yes. rose the, made the tension rise in the game. Right. And it was a slight uh, time limit because they were going toward a spaceport, so, you know, they they had to make a decision before they arrived, right? Uh, I don't to... think it was a hard decision for them though. <laughs> so, so the, you know, they just they, they ended up spacing them, and and that was that was hilarious. So uh, it was funny. It's still funny back then, you know, now. Yeah, so putting them on a time limit and a, and a moral dilemma. A moral dilemma as far as, you know, uh, putting your characters in danger. If, you know, putting your character your character in danger and, like, saving somebody's life, right? Like, we were talking, you just mentioned a little while ago in the in Shannon's COC game that we played, there was an old man who was injured and was he was not able to uh, carry. You know, he was, he was out. He was knocked out. And my character had pretty much lost it, said, leave him behind. But other characters were like, no, we can't. So they were literally carrying his body around, you know, trying to get away from this nasty ghost or whatever it was. Because well, you don't leave people behind. <laughs> the Hello. Marines. We're not the Marines. We're not. We weren't we soldiers. Saul's character was pretty low on sanity there. <laughs> yeah. It was, and he, was, he just kept slipping more and more. But it was funny because, like, we, you guys carried that guy all over the place. I don't think you never left him behind I didn't. I didn't actually carry him, but because I couldn't. But oh, I was. Yeah. I was hurting the women. The other. The, the other. Other two male characters were were carrying yes. this guy. Well, I didn't. I just ran away, and so. <laughs> I, I think I made it though, huh? It would, but see that the whole the whole game, Shannon always says, you know, you have to have. What's your reason for being here? You need connections to the other players, right? To make to give you that tension and dilemmas of. A moral dilemma is like, oh, one of the characters was my brother. Oh, the yeah. other character was Saul's brother, and then um, the other two characters were attached because one of them liked the other one, right? So, yes. so in the the my brother and the guy that that liked me both when the big giant bad guy was trying to eat my brains, um, oh, yes, that's right. they both stepped into the fray to try to 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 keep it from happening, right? But in that game. And I read about Call of Cthulhu, and Shannon made sure that I knew 
are you okay with dying, Jolene? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just a game, right? I'm okay with it. And so it was, it was a, you can see how the, the moral dilemmas and in the end, they did have to leave the, the guy on the, on the ground, the old man. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think we were, I think, uh, it was a very interesting game. And I think that was the, you know, and that is, you know, it is a horror game, so it, it, it works, but the, one of the reasons attention does ratchet up is because of those decisions that we make. And Shannon did those those uh, those connections on purpose. Yes. Because uh, Morgan, in the past, uh, when he had no connections, he would easily just run away <laughs> and save his own butt without having without second thoughts, right? right? And so, well, he, and Morgan had played that particular scenario before, uh, so so he was even, you know. He gave him connections to give him something. To make sure that he wouldn't run away. Because <laughs> he already knew what was going to happen one way or the other, right? Well, I mean, just playing the character. So I think I think in that sense, you know, that's a way you ra- you have tension is when you have to make decisions that affect people supposedly in your background that you care for or that you like. And in this case, we were all connected one way or another. And so leaving somebody behind was was a tough decision. And... You know, and so you would you would even use as people that. were slipping insanity left and right, <laughs> and you would use that information uh, to help you uh, role play that role yeah. play that tension, and it was very tense, you know, because like at one point you said talk about separating the group, we separated because we wanted to investigate the spooky old house because we wanted more information and we needed more information, and I think and you guys were worried that we we wouldn't make it. And we were worried we were going to make it. So we were, you know, walking around this spooky house and weird things are happening. And uh, and that was perfect. I mean, I think, you know, you know, Shannon has run COC games for a long time. He knows how to run uh, a good mystery game, a good horror game. And, you know, and he was pretty good at, at making tension rise. And there was hardly any combat in that game. That, that, that you, how do you fight anything in that game, dude? <laughs> well, the shotgun, I told you, it was a shotgun. <laughs> so again, you know, if you have connections, you know, backgrounds to each other, you're less likely to uh, abandon them, you know, willy-nilly, like Morgan usually did in his characters. So when you have connections to each other and then they fall injured, you know, they, they fall to injury or there's a chance that they're facing something terrible, you know, you as your character and a player are you going to step up and save that person even though the ch- your chances you aren't die. very good yeah. right and you really will might die i mean yeah. in D you know depending on how many hit points you have left well, and the monster you know going into battle is not a big deal but in the coc where you have 12 hit points and the monster is like dishing out eight on a bad hit well, I have found in in D and D and Pathfinder <laughs> that if if you separate yourself and walk into the battle, usually your your compadres will follow you, especially <laughs> if they don't want you to die, um, or you get separated, or somebody's you know usually they'll they'll run to wherever you are, or you'll try to get to save somebody, right? Even even just a a murder hobo band want to keep each other alive, right? <laughs> so that That's does true. that does. It, how bad is the bad guy D and D like you, you don't know what the, what kind of spell is that? Is that there's a magic user. You just can't see him. So you got to find the magic user because he's the one that is going to kill your party. Right. Yeah. So there's those kind of tensions. 
Well, situational ones, yeah. right? Yeah, you put you put the characters in in a in a situation where, you know, I I would think that any combat situation is tense, unless it's just gonna be like a, a filler one. Or, I mean, I wouldn't even you know why then why have a combat, right? If, right. If if, if victory is assured, I mean, there's no tension in something like that, and that's where that's where the problem lies, is where where the players are so powerful that they can just literally wade into any situation that deals with combat and win. So, but I think, you know, we learned a valuable lesson that we are not all that, all that powerful. We are, but we're not all powerful that we can just ignore or do anything without worrying about getting hurt. Well, that's, that's one of the things that makes the tension higher is knowing that there's consequences to your actions, right? Yeah. Because I might know that if I, if I walk over and throw a spell, I'm going to be vulnerable to being hit. And I always know that. And I never have as many hit points as other people. <laughs> but um, even um, even when I was playing a gnome fighter, I didn't have as many hit points as other people. And, you know, you still got to, you still have to do it, right? And you that's, But that's part of the tension is not knowing whether you're going to make it or not. Or hoping that when you do sit down on the battlefield because you have three hit points left and you're pretty sure that your character would sit down when that happens, um, <laughs> that, you know, someone might come and save you or you might be able to walk away in the next round instead of, you know, and they'll understand why you're not shooting your arrows then, right? Right. Yes. And I think that playing, playing a character who, because some people play, oh, I'm going to keep fighting. I only have three hit points left. I don't care. Because they know uh, the chances, you know, they they do that math in their head, right? Well, I get three chances of of uh, death saves or whatever they call them, and you know my chances are pretty good. I have a you know, blah blah blah, and then you know Mitch over there, he he's a cleric, and he's almost done killing that thing, and he could heal me within two rounds possibly, you know. So there's that stuff, and so you know uh, that kind of stuff goes into effect. But let's say Mitch is pretty much. Uh, busy with whatever he's fighting and the cleric may not may not get to you and so you're like well i only have three hit points and i'm not fighting anything right now maybe i should like take a defensive position yes and there's tension in that making those kind of making tough decisions i think is what i'm talking about i mean that is what where tension is like that with the late women that we were playing with we were, i was playing space opera with they were trying to make a tough decision and there's a tension in that. We were making tough decisions as to whether, well, it wasn't it was tough for me or it wasn't tough for me whether to carry the old man. And I and I kept pleading with these guys. The guy's only going to slow you down. And this thing, well, that's what it was. It was a chase scene, right? This yes, thing was it was a chase us. scene. And so the old man is like slowing everybody down. And I'm like, forget you guys. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. And so uh, I went ahead and left them behind. And they they were adamant that they wanted to help rescue this old man. And and his and his wife, who was, who was you know pleading for them, not to you know, not to just leave him behind, even though he had been passed out for a long time, and uh, I don't think they made it, did they? No, <laughs> they didn't make it. <laughs> well, it was funny because I was like, I, actually, my character after a while goes, yeah, yeah. You should take them, right? Because then, then you know, because this monster would basically start eating your brain or something like that. And so we go, yeah, we just, you know, just drop him off every when when you need when he's getting close. This monster getting close, just leave him behind, and that'll 
you know, tied over the Every monster. time he said something like that, I lost <laughs> sanity points. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, that was another problem. When I would say sensible things like that. They uh, weren't sensible. Shannon would, Shannon would say, okay, everybody who heard that, make insanity because that's a really horrible thing. I was thing losing sanity points left and right. Saul was just like, we should kill him. And I'm like, Yo, roll a sanity check. There go three more points. And... Oh, my God. It was funny. So that was classic tension, right? You're being chased. You have an old lady who can't run that fast. You have an old man who's passed out. Do you carry him? Yes, we're going to carry him. Okay. Uh, it's moving faster than you guys are, are moving right now. Now, I was, like, gone, right? I'm like, I'm running ahead. And so that was really neat. I mean, that was really neat as far as the people who were behind me were really, wor you know, they really were, like, worried about this thing catching up to them. And I, I think at a certain point they did. It caught up to you, right, of all people for some reason. I don't know why you were behind. I was trying to herd the, the one that was insane already. Oh, that's right. You were, And then, oh, then we had one that was completely bonkers and Jolene felt that she had to take care of her and at one point she didn't want to go anymore or I don't know what happened and so Jolene's character Jolene decides to try to go and get her and she gets snarled by the monster herself and then Morgan who was infatuated with Jolene's character decides he's going to go save her and her horse her brother played by Bay go also go back and save her and then they're like fighting this monster with they couldn't win, and uh, but they actually rescued you, and uh, left behind. It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you lived. You lived. Yeah, I lived <laughs> in an insane asylum, but rest, I lived for the rest of your life. I think tension. You know. You know. We talked. We remember. We talked about. We talked. We wanted to talk about memorable games. We haven't talked about that yet. We haven't talked about that yet. So, but that's what you know. Exciting uh, moments like that is what what role-playing games are, are are all about are all about i think we know we're talking about this and that happened three weeks ago i'm sure we can talk about that for the rest of our lives you know 20 years from now we'll talk about that well game. there's the the one that you always tell is when alan and i went through the dimension door and yes. we're split from the party and and he was trying not to die and i was pretty much down to my last couple of hit points so i was just sitting there and what are you doing i'm not doing anything um I'm trying to make make uh, make peace with myself. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of the fighters and, and um, magic users and people on the other side of this worm and this shaman, all of a sudden they pick up their pace and... and you go into you the can, battle frenzy. Yeah. Yes, and you can see it. And it makes it a, not only memorable, but it makes it, um, it... It totally raises the tension when things like that happen. Well, yeah. Well, uh, look at that game that I ran space opera with, with uh, Annette, you know, and Steve, and all those people, and David. Oh, I don't think Steve was playing, and uh, Kathy. That was the mid '90s, and I still remember that scene. Yeah. And you know, it was one of the, you know, best scenes that I can remember. Classic, for me, it's very memorable. So. And you know, he has a lot of memories of games, and they talk <laughs> about them all the time. So I think you know. Attention is a great way of of adding an element to your game that makes it more real, that gives it a a, a, a realistic feeling of, of what it is for those characters to be in those positions, you know. And they got to make those kind of decisions that that you know people have to make sometimes, you know, 
not in real life. People make life in difference, like a cop or a firefighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, does he run into that building to save the person? You know, usually they do. Those crazy bastards. But uh, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about putting your, your characters in that position, and players themselves have to make you know those decisions for their characters, whether they're going to risk their character's life or or do they take the easy road. Some other ideas for just raising the tension if your players are just sitting there and not really engaged in the game. Okay. Um, some of these DMs said, um, just roll the dice randomly. Um, <laughs> smile to yourself. Uh, just write anything on a piece of paper. This might grab their attention. Um, make a chuckle when they say something. Um, you know, just little things that they don't know what you're doing. Terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, describe the atmosphere around them. Um, Go into more detail. Yeah, more details. They're like, okay, you know, usually does you walk into a tavern. Well, no, there's, there's not very much detail yeah. there. But if you if you're walking into a tavern and all the people inside are look at you sideways or something <laughs> or to just put more details and then people go your players are going to pick up on that i mean trust me they will and they're like well, why is the gm all of a sudden telling us about every single character or an npc in this room or how the or how the bartender you know uh, doesn't wash his, his glasses he just kind of rinses them out and puts them back on the on the thing you know and he, you know he looks he looks super clean you know why does he look super clean? Like he just took a shower or took a bath. And then players are going to naturally go like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he so different? <laughs> Why is GM uh, giving Why to is he telling me this? <laughs> so, that, you know, and that's what you want. You want character. You want characters. True. But the players to not know exactly what's going on or think there's something going on. Right. That's even better. Whether there's something going on or not. But they're like, whoa, what's going on here? I mean, this, this is odd. And so... That in itself perks up the players if that's what you're trying to achieve. And two, you know, it's that it's that movie element where like, you know, whether it's the sound of the of the soundtrack or or the sound effects that that raise that eyebrow and you're like, Okay, well, you know, you have that shifty eye going back and forth with your players thinking, What what's gonna what's gonna happen next? And so that anticipation of whether something's gonna happen or not is is tension right? Is, right. Is, is getting the players excited about what's going on in a certain scene, and I think that's what you're looking for. Any you know, and I think tension is a very big part of role playing games. Sometimes it, it doesn't seem like it is, but it definitely is. I mean, every like every combat should be tense. There's no doubt about it. Every combat there should be no throwaway combat scenes, or else there shouldn't be no combat scene because right. if, the, if the characters are or the players are not worried about any consequences then then you say, okay yeah you take care of them let's move on instead of just rolling dice for half an hour and then oh yeah that was a great fight guys because you, you get to experience move on <laughs> <laughs> well another way to do it i think is to um you always do this you, instead of giving players time to decide what they're going to do like as a group solo will go and i i know i do it too what are you going to do <laughs> and then you're next. Think about it, right? And then and then the people are like going, "Okay, what am I gonna do?" Right? And then he doesn't give you time to. You just have to do something. Well, I do that because I'm gonna stare at everybody else <laughs> until they say what they're going to do. Well, because like sometimes players and and GMs allow them to fall in this pattern of where 
they they do all this planning before the battle analysis paralysis yes and or or just too much planning right they're like oh and and so much planning or so much dialogue is happening that it's it's not realistic like you wouldn't have this dialogue before a battle especially if if the bad guy's like really close or something like that or something unless it's just a game happening. like Shadowrun where you literally have to plan out your attacks well you like run yeah. you're 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 going to you're you're taking 3 days uh to get stuff prepared and stuff like that then he allows all the planning to go on because then people are like you know different yeah, you're but, in different places and figuring yeah that's true Shadowrun is a planning game in a certain sense but once the action starts yes we don't pause and replan everything. Everybody doesn't stop and and everybody walks into this little bubble and go, oh, that didn't work. Let's see, can I? Oh, do so that's that? not working. So let's do let's this. Do, yeah. And then you're gonna do this. No, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep going. And you got and you have to deal with the situation. Uh, if your plans change, then the plans change, and you have to react, not plan again. And it also helps to to keep the the story moving, and not only that, but to help the the players not to go, oh, I didn't want to do that. Right. If you're asking them what they're doing right then, then they have to decide what they're doing right then. Right. There's no take backsies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not what I meant to do. I should have done this. Oh, I go, well, man, I should have done that. that. Well, that's what happens when you're in combat or you're, you know, under the gun. Yes. You do things that you don't normally would do or you do things rashly. Right. That's the whole point. And this this could backfire on you. Right. If you say you walk into a tavern and somebody takes the first person hostage and has a knife to their neck. You know, you're with a bunch of, of crazy people and you don't know what they're going to do, right? What are you going to do? <laughs> That's true. I pull that, out my... <laughs> well, you're yeah, right. And in, in, in that sense, uh, a GM should be you know, cognizant of that. Something right. weird happening. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's, you know, you're the GM and you just got to be able to... You better be on your toes you if you're going to do something like that. Feet, that could raise the tension for everybody in the room. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess the person who deals most with attention is the GM. And as difficult as that can be, you know, dealing with the things that you don't normally or hadn't thought of, the rewards. Make it an exciting make game. Make it an exciting game. And make it a memorable game is what you want. So said, I remember things that happened year, you know, 30 years ago. Yes, plus. and he recounts them to me. Not all the time. Quite often. Well, stop. So... Those are just some ideas on how to do the tension. I really like the idea, and we've never done it, the timer at the, the table, timer. but one of these days we might do that yes. and just to see how it goes. Although that might totally freak out some people just a little bit too much. Yes. You want to you wanna have a balance. You don't want your... You want the characters to have tension, which means the players have tension, yes. but you don't want them to be like, you know, where they start to get a tick or something. <laughs> They're like, I, I can't you handle this. They have a panic attack at the I'm table. just saying that because like there was this game we played and it wasn't a role playing game. It was that game with the, where you couldn't talk to each other and you could only make gestures. Oh my God. It was and, hilarious. And it was just horrible. Poor Steve couldn't handle it. He goes, I can't, don't ever make me play that game it again. It was funny. It was weird. It was weird because like. When I walked, I wasn't playing. I was out doing something, and I came to the. We were this was at a convention, and I get, I come into the room, and you had four players, I think. It was August. We had you. no. We had like six players. Oh, I could, oh, you had a, a yeah. The guy I don't know. We, I didn't know who he was, and but the the, the most what the most uh, obvious thing was Steve. He was like 
you know, he was like, his, his hands super, were shaking. He was, and he was super so concentrating on something, right? Like, he's like, and to that point where he was like, his, you know, his, his, you know, the veins on his side of his head were like bulging, and and he was like literally red, and it, and then he and he's thinking, and as he's thinking, he has his hands up, and his hand is like shaking. And I'm like, like what's going on? And I'm like, oh, and then Augustine explained the game to me. I'm like, oh, oh, he can't talk. And like no, like so. It's kind of like this cooperative <laughs> game where you're trying to tell the person like mm, go this way, go that way, and then then you get to do something, and then they get to do something, and it was not very fun for some of the people at this. So table. you don't want the tension level to be quite that high. <laughs> I'm thinking you don't want to you don't want people to have a coronary. Yeah, or a blood. Keep your players safe. Burst a blood vessel. Yes. Give them moral dilemmas, fighting dilemmas. Make a, you know, the bad guy's good. Don't give him nervous breakdowns. Don't give him nervous. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Good luck. This is Game and Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day. <laughs>